The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Messages of Hope. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to share my guest with you today. You know, I've been teaching mediumship for years now, and one of the lessons that I've tried my best to pass along is that the best way to connect with the spirit world is first to get in the silence and understand who and what you really are, to understand that we're all connected. And what my guides have taught me is that to really understand what connects us, you need to surrender all your beliefs and 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 thoughts about yourself as a separate being and just be. And a lot of people say, what does that mean to just be? Well, my guest today, Suresh Ramaswamy, and I could say his name over and over. I just love it. Suresh <laughs> Ramaswamy <laughs> has written a book called Just Be, and he's an expert on this topic. So I'm so excited to share him with you because it will hopefully propel you on your soul's journey here. Suresh has evolved from an engineer into a transformational teacher who's committed to the blossoming of the highest human potential. He teaches this simple message, just be who you are. And so Suresh, welcome to the show. And I'm so happy you're here to teach us all what you've learned about this. Suzanne, thank you. I'm, I'm so delighted to be here with you and all your wonderful listeners who I know are such incredible beings. So thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. You know, your book, Just Be, it's, and people, you can find it at his website, justbebook.org. The, the, the word that comes to mind, because I've read every word of it, and it's a big book, is it's delicious. It, like any book, a book carries the energy of its source, the author. And so we haven't met personally, but I feel like we, our, our souls know each other. And everybody listening, I've always encouraged people to read something uplifting every day. And boy, this book, Just Be, really fits the bill. So before we dive into the book, Suresh, Let's uh, talk about your background and what led you to be doing this work. You you don't have a, let's see, you don't have an Italian accent. You don't have a Southern accent. <laughs> I'm, I'm just messing with you now. <laughs> yes, it's 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 in the Indian. You might pick up a little bit of the Indian accent. 
so yes, I was I was born in India, grew up there. Most of my education was in India, and um, it was fantastic because uh, you're exposed to so many facets of the divine, uh, and and so it's not like there's this one facet which is the facet. There's so many. Uh, aspects to the divine, and and you get exposed to that. So that that's what I grew up with. Um, uh, so and, let and me interrupt then, uh, you right there, because that yeah. in itself is so so fascinating. When you say that, I I'm thinking of the many statues of deity and how many forms it takes on, and it just gave me this realization. We have so many people in Western culture picture God as a man on a cloud with a beard. What yeah. was your experience yeah. of the divine? You know, um, there's certainly Divine Mother is one of the um, aspects which is very strong uh, in the Indian culture. Uh, that brings up a very strong devotional uh, aspect. And and at the time, I have to say, I didn't appreciate it quite as much. I was, uh, you know, my mind and brain were developing, and I was more wanting, you know, objective, rational a basis for everything. So uh, at the time, I almost kind of discounted it. And, and uh, so it, it's so strange. But later on, you know, I just felt the reverse. I felt like that aspect uh, made it so much easier to directly go to what's beyond concepts, beyond thought. Um, but, but that's just one aspect. And, and, and so in India, uh, there's there's many different um, so-called you could say deities, but then it's really um, ways of reaching the divine. And the idea is that every one of us is so unique that we might resonate with one particular aspect, which seems very dear to us, and that is wonderful. So we use that particular facet, that particular. Um, way the divine appears in order to go deep and beyond it. And so it's an invitation to really ultimately go to what's beyond form. So that's a, that's a little bit of background on that. I love that because it shows that we each have our individual path and they're all okay because they all go to the same place. Exactly, exactly. And so it's really, it's pretty well understood that the form is is wonderful, significant, and easy to relate to because we are so uh, identified with form. But the point is always to go through the form to the formless. And mm -hmm. as we go towards that, then the unity becomes much more apparent. It's not so much that there's everything is different. It's everything is the same in the end. Mm -hmm. So as a young boy in India, were you like most of your friends, or was there something different about you as related to your sense of the divine? I felt like, um, you know, I felt everything I came across, whether it was, uh, you know, a movie or something I learned in school or, or something my parents told me, I found that that was a very watered-down version of something and all I felt was, this can't be it. I mean, this is this is okay, you know, but this can't be it. Uh, and so it was that feeling of I'm missing something big here. 
and there has to be that big thing. And how come nobody is really talking about that thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, we're talking about, uh, you know, some diluted versions of that. So that, to me, is one of my dominant memories as a child, saying, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And uh, it wasn't long. It was in my early teens that I stumbled across books that as soon as I saw them, I was like, okay, they're finally talking about this stuff. And these were books by mystics. These were books by yogis and people who had actually directly experienced the truth. And they were talking about it. And it instantly, to me, was like, it. I felt lit up from within. I was like, this is what it's all about. And finally, even though I'm not there, but at least I can see this is this is where I want to go. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That, that was certainly life was exciting again. It, to me, that was that was enough. It's I may be still a million miles away, but I know this is what it's about. So things felt really good from that point on. So have you found it? <laughs> you said this is not it. I know you have because you wrote this book. And as much as we can understand it in this lifetime, how did you find it? You know, so you know, in a sense, that's when everything really started to be um, focused in the right direction. And you know, now as I look back, everything makes a lot of sense. But of course, when you're actually walking down the path, you always feel like, I'm not sure, and maybe I'm still far away, and these kinds of feelings. So that was very much my experience. Um, And I would say uh, the next few decades, if I had to summarize it, it it went from uh, what I see as, um, first of all, recognizing, oh, this is truth, even though it's secondhand, and then really immersing oneself in it. So you really start to know truth in some aspect of your being. In my case, I would say it was mostly intellectual. And it was like, okay, uh, you know, finally I get it, um, at least at the intellectual level. And and so that that felt good only to reveal that that didn't really matter a whole lot. It's, it's really about realizing truth. So... Um, Many, many years of practices, uh, practices which, you know, meditating practices and so many other integrative practices, which really deepened that knowing. So taking it from just being an intellectual thing to something where you realize it in the depths of your being, uh, where you uh, feel it in your heart, where you feel it in your soul. And then it's it's there's less and less of... Uh, separation or distance uh, between you and the truth. So you start sort of merging with the truth uh, until I feel you get to a point where you become it. Okay, now I need to interrupt you here because there are some people listening who may be new to the path. So when I'm going to just cut right to the chase, when you say you know truth and you get it, summarize for our listeners what is the truth you're talking about. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so of course, in my book, I've, I've tried to distill, you know, what I learned, and and in a way that somebody who's embarked on this journey, such that it'll make sense to them, and 
in some ways, the ultimate truth actually has to be discovered incrementally because we usually find ourselves at a certain place in life and we feel, you know, this is my reality. I'm struggling with this. I have to deal with that. So I, I create this framework for understanding life itself because I think that's where one can really um, make this relevant because some people might think, you know, I, why should I why should I bother about this? So, uh, so I provide a framework for understanding life in in my book, and then I'll summarize it in just a minute. Uh, and then there's practices that one one embarks on to make it real, to make it make it something you realize in your own being, uh, and then you deepen, deepen, deepen that realization until there's nobody left who is the person who discovered it and uh, realized it, that there's just truth. There's nothing else. So what is this truth? Okay. So I think when we start out, we feel, uh, you know, here I am, a finite being. I have a body. I have a personality. I have family. I have a job. I have a car. I live in such a such and such a place. These are all aspects of the finite, and this can be so such a big deal that we we can almost exclusively identify ourselves with this finite aspect because it can be pretty intense and demanding and so we try to understand everything including the deepest truths from this finite vantage point and we find that life can be challenging uh, this is a universal experience that we, and I know you you work a lot with people who have perhaps you know lost somebody dear to them, and that is certainly one huge challenge. When somebody was here in the finite space, and then suddenly poof, they're gone. So what's what went wrong here? So the finite is, world is very shaky. It's very fragile. It's very tenuous. It's pretty shaky. So uh, that is actually pointing us towards this deeper truth. The deeper truth is you are way more than you appear to be. You are way more than this finite self. So that leads to the question, so if I'm not the finite self, what, what am I? Yeah. And this is a very central question. And really the answer to that question is, is the ultimate truth. And that is something which I would call, you know, the essence of who we are, which is our infinite nature. And that is truly who we are. And, and then everything else is a relative aspect of who we are. So our infinite nature is expressing itself through all these finite layers through all the dimensions and so those are now seen differently those now seen as beautiful expressions of who we truly are and so that's that's the i think the crux of it you know the essence our essence knowing that essence directly and embodying it and living it that's that's, that's beautiful. No, that's it. And it, that's in my work as a medium, that's what the work shows people when you bring through a loved one who has passed and they say, wait, there must be something more than this finite world. Yes, exactly. And I think 
what you do is so wonderful because they, through a person who we previously connected to exclusively, you know, perhaps on a finite level, through what you're doing, you know, very much evidential, then you, you're actually saying, wait, this being, this essence of this being is very much there and it's very much non-physical. So we're kind of forced to open ourselves yeah. to that higher possibility of not only the person who has passed on, but hopefully even us who are still here in physical form, I think hopefully we start seeing that this is not just entirely who I am. I'm actually both here and on the other side, so to speak. Exactly. And in your book, you talk about the dying process as an opportunity. You want to expand on that? Yes, yes. So I, I think uh, I, I've heard some of your shows and, and you know I've seen what you talk about, which is wonderful because there's a lot we can um, peel um, from the non-physical and, and get insights into that. And so we end up with this dichotomy. You're either alive or you are not in your body anymore. And so um, I feel like death, the process of dying itself is actually one very huge opportunity to make a quantum leap uh, in our evolution. Um, I, I feel like an, an analogy might be, you know, if we go for a movie and the movie you know, is building up and things are getting exciting and towards the end of the movie, let's say that there's a climax, uh, imagine if the audience just falls asleep during the climax. It would be unfortunate because uh, there's a lot of stuff happening right there. And I feel the dying process is, is uh, something like that because um, most of us, during the actual exit from the finite reality, we uh, sort of fall into this stupor. We kind of take a nap. And mm -hmm. next thing we know, we've popped out on the other side. And there's this intermediate phase, uh, which is significant. Uh, that's why I call it an opportunity. Why is it an opportunity? Things are extremely fluid and malleable, mm -hmm. and there's a very high potential in them because if you are aware and more conscious, you can be more intentional. And by being intentional, you can, you can actually say, I want to go to higher and higher states of consciousness. And by simply having that intention and having clarity and not going to sleep, so to speak, you are able to take advantage of that opportunity. It's, it's yeah. like just a rocket ship. You could just take off into very high planes. Exactly. Uh, I, so I want to go back to what you said. You said, you know, most people think you're either alive or not in your body anymore, but we're all of that. Everything. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. So this is this dying process is uh, you, you're traversing the portal from, you know, the so-called finite, exclusively finite reality to something which is primarily non-physical, and that portal is loaded 
with possibilities and potential. And I think that's that's what uh, a lot of us we were very uncertain. We we're somewhat fearful, fearful. We're confused, and a lot of that can essentially uh, have us go into a somewhat uh, semi-conscious or unconscious state during that transition. Mm-hmm. I just keep thinking of my friend Brenda, who was talking to me while I was hiking, and she was on her deathbed and unconscious, but she was already exploring, just doing exactly what you're talking about. Well, let's shift gears here a second, Suresh. Everybody, we're talking to Suresh Ramaswamy, author of Just Be, and the subtitle of your book, Transform Your Life and Live as Live as Infinity. I want to talk about that after the break, but first, so you're, you're very interested in spiritual things. You're diving into this in your personal life, but you went, went to the University of South Southern California, and you got a master's degree in electrical engineering. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, I feel in some ways, you know, your background and my background, people often look at that as somewhat more left brain, uh, you know, very structured and organizational and so on. And of course, some of the spirituality stuff is usually seen as very right brain or or even beyond the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, my my I was you know very much interested in technology, and uh, you know focused on uh, computer hardware, computer software. So I found that very fascinating. So e- even though this this interest of mine was there from my teens, uh, it was mostly private. Um, I still you know, was was going through regular school, went to college, and then went to grad school, pursuing a, a career in engineering. And you have uh, a couple which, of patents which, either on tech, also. Yes, but, yeah. yes, yes. So I, even, even to this day, I, I love technology. Uh, I think there's so many cool things, and we're just beginning to really see the uh, possibilities in terms of technology and uh, spirituality, uh, subtle energy and so on, and I know you're involved in some of that too. To me, that's so super exciting. Uh, but yeah, that in fact, uh, I studied um, uh, microelectronics and so on, and, and uh, for many years I was in that field, um, working for companies, you know, startups, big companies, mid-sized companies. So what, what led to the transformation here? Where now you're teaching others on the spiritual path. Correct, correct. Yeah, so, you know, so what was mostly a personal and private interest, uh, it kept going on, you know, I kept going deeper and deeper. And at some point, maybe 20 plus uh, years later, I was uh, starting to simply share more about it informally with, with friends. And uh, one of my friends who's a faculty member at the community college uh, here in San Diego, she said, you know, you need to be teaching this stuff. And I said, well, I'm not sure if um, you know, the, this would be quite appropriate, but she said, let's try it. And so I talked to the dean who was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. So uh, that's how I got started uh, teaching a course called Transform Your Life, where I shared some of these things uh, with people who are simply looking to have a better life. Um, and so that's how it got started. And then I started working with people one-on-one uh, as a coach. 
And now I'm, you know, offering retreats and workshops and so forth uh, to the point where this this takes up <laughs> all my time. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we can come back and, and look at that more. There were some turning points, especially when I wrote this book. It didn't just happen. It, it really, uh, there was some specific things that happened along the way that convinced me to do that. And, and we can talk about it if there's time for that. Well, why don't you just give us one of those turning points? Yeah, so, uh, you know, as I was teaching this, you know, it's it's almost 10 years that I was teaching, I started to think, well, it would be nice to have this in writing, but I'm not, I don't think of myself as a as a writer. And I know writing a book is a non-trivial task. It, it, it takes a chunk of time and energy. And, you know, I had read so many books along the way, and I feel there are so many good books out there. I said, well, that's enough. We don't need one more book. And so that was my attitude until one day uh, in a meditation, uh, I was strongly prompted from within that this is a book which is not just a book. It's, it's, it can be so powerful. It can have vibrational content that simply shifts the consciousness of the person who is diving into it. And that made me pause. I said, wow, if that's the case, I'm happy to do my little bit of it as long as you know, the greater whole is able to uh, come through the book in that way. So I was assured that, and, and then I said, okay, sign me up. So <laughs> that's how it happened. And that energy, that's what I'm saying. You know, you can feel that as you're reading the book. And I love that it's so practical. It, you put things in terms that are easy to understand, and there are a lot of exercises. This book, Just Be. And we only have one minute till the break, but we've gotten into your background now. Now I wanted to, to get into the meat after the break of how you do live as infinity. I want to find out what that means and help everybody. So has the book been uh, as transformative for people as you hoped? You know, almost on a daily basis, I hear from readers all over the planet, and they they talk about how it has deeply touched them and how they've really mm, started seeing the spiritual quest in a different way. Um, and they've they've started seeing it in a way that certainly makes it more approachable, more real, more possible. Uh, and something in them which was previously perhaps uh, acting as a, uh, a block of some kind is, is melting away. So they're kind of dissolving Beautiful. into something bigger. Beautiful. Well, we're going to come back after the break and talk about how we can help the listeners do exactly that. So join us again, won't you guys? We're with Suresh Ramaswamy. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield, May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. 
Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Suresh Ramaswamy as much as I am. Suresh, your book, Just Be, it has the subtitle, Transform Your Life and Live as Infinity. What does that mean, to live as infinity? <laughs> what does it mean to live as infinity? So um, the journey of evolution, uh, many twists and turns. Uh, I have to say many times along the way, I felt oh, this must be it. So only to discover that there's a whole whole new land to be explored. And so um, even as we uh, start diving deep and start uh, being face-to-face with infinity, so to speak, our own infinite nature, we really start recognizing that that is core, that is fundamental, that's very intrinsic to who we are. And once we get that, uh, we are now faced with these strange situations. You know, we are this infinity in a finite package, and we look around us, and there's a finite world which appears real in its own way. And then the question is, how do I function in this reality? Right. Because everybody seems to be very serious and operating as if this is it. This is the only thing. And how much money have you saved for retirement? And what's going to happen with the climate crisis? And what's happening with politics? It's almost like uh, most people are only living in that space. So, um, and internally, uh, once we recognize our infinite nature, you, you can see that your infinity, everything around you is infinity, and all is well, and so there's really nothing to be worried about. And and that's the thing. It, it does not mean we stay in that place and be passive. Now it becomes a matter of how do I stay in that state of consciousness and let that high energy, high consciousness flow through my finite being into this finite reality. So expressing infinity in the finite plane is is living as infinity. And that's so how, how do every, you do it? In every way. How do you do <laughs> I know it? I can hear I always hear my listeners and I know I hear them saying, Okay, great. I I am struggling. How do I do that? Yes. Yes, yes. Of course, I think the, the first step is really getting to know our infinite nature more and more directly and intimately. So for for most of us, that might look like a spiritual practice of some kind, where we set aside some time and energy to delve into that. Otherwise, it's just a concept. It's just an intellectual knowing. So we need to first get to know infinity, you know, within our own private space, so to speak. 
Yeah, and, and you then, in your book, this quote just jumped out at me. It's one of my dog-eared pages. Uh, you, you wrote, direct experience is the only way to understand the fundamental truths about the nature of our being and pure consciousness. And that is truth right there. We can teach people all we want about this, but you have to have that direct experience. So you're saying some kind of practice like meditation. Yes. And I want to, you know, I want to add that meditation uh, is a fantastic thing, but we sometimes have limited um, views of what meditation is. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a tendency to think it's it's sitting in a quiet place, eyes closed, you know, sitting cross-legged. Uh, that is a form of meditation, but not the only thing. So really, anytime you bring awareness, consciousness yes. to the space you are in, uh, then you are, in a sense, meditating. So we, we need to be pretty expansive with how that, uh, what that practice might look like. Some of us, um, you know, we are wired differently. So we need to find a practice that works for us. And so that is a process to go deeper and deeper within until, like, like you just said, the direct experience is our experience. And we're like, yep, I know this. I don't need to read about it. I know it. And so then it's a matter of how do we uh, radiate this, share this, embody this on a consistent and continual basis, not just here and there. And this means, you know, every relationship we're in, um, you know, our livelihood, how that looks like, and how we show up in every moment. I know this is what we start seeing. You know, originally when we start out, we are very sensitive to everything has to be just right outside and then I will feel good. And this is the opposite of that where you are in such a powerful state of vibration that you essentially say, I'm showing up in this state of high vibration and what's it doesn't matter what, what's happening around me, that's going to be positively impacted by this sharing of this vibration and this light. And so um, with literally every area we could take and say, you know, what does it look like here? Um, What does it look like when I work more consciously? Uh, What does it look like? uh, What does a relationship look like when I'm more conscious and when I'm living as infinity? So we we could potentially dive into some of those areas And we will. I think we'll choose relationships in just a minute. But I want to talk about the experience of being this oneness, this infinity. I feel that so many people have a false concept that I'm going to be present, I'm going to meditate, and some great bells and whistle experience is going to happen. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, indeed. Actually, this is is the thing. Even when we start meditating, we have this... uh, it's this idea that there's going to be spectacular experiences. Uh, that is what it's about. And it takes a long time, certainly took me a long time, to start seeing that even those more sublime experiences are, at the end of the day, just an experience. And it doesn't matter what it is, experiences are not what it's about. It's Mm -hmm. what it's about is the experiencer. Who is it that's having this experience? And when we start going there, 
there's a significant shift because suddenly we've turned the, um, we're not looking outwards, we're looking inwards. And then uh, we're, we're, we're really uh, getting deep into the heart of the matter because when, when you see who the experiencer is and you start peeling away the layers, uh, because we think, oh, I'm a good parent. Okay, that's one of the layers. That's just a finite role that you're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, all these layers we start peeling away until, and you were asking, you know, what is this being this thing? Well, actually, it's what's there. It's always been there, but it's been covered with a lot of other layers. So yeah. when we remove all these layers, we see that, oh, this is beingness. It's the simplest thing you can imagine. It's simply being who you truly are as essence. That's it. With no additional <laughs> ingredients added to that, it's simply being who you are. And it's it seems uh, so. It seems so simple when you get there. It's like why did it take me so long <laughs> to get to this point? Because actually, the reality is you can never not be you're always being that's already built into you so in a sense we are already set up for success we're already yeah set but up for but that. because we're so trained to focus outward on the story on the role that those who are yeah. really caught up in the role i know i was yeah. caught up in it for so long the thought of just being sounds boring yes yes And what's the point? I mean, I know the point, but I want you to talk about it. Right, right, right. So what happens is actually then we start seeing, you know, why am I chasing different kinds of experiences outside? We, We feel without realizing that there's some experience out there which will feel really good, which will fulfill me, which will complete me, which will make me whole. And so with that implicit assumption, we chase experiences. So we feel if I can just line things up just right, I'll have that experience and it'll be awesome. And this is a fundamental actually flaw because all experiences we find, they are falling short in some way. And if nothing else, they are transient. They don't last. It is great, but where is it now? It's gone. So the, on, the, on the other hand, if you go back to this beingness, um, what you find is that all that incredible sense of completion, fulfillment, wholeness is to be found in that state of being. It's already here. It's already here. So the peace, the joy, incredible bliss, that's to be found in beingness. And yes, you have to go through a process where initially when you start approaching beingness, it might feel like, you know, it seems like I'm just sitting around. I, I, I can be productive. I can check off a few things on my you know, to-do list. Uh, it can feel like that because we're so conditioned that as if we can do our way to infinity, but I want to I want to just add here that you don't have to go to an ashram and practice being for months on end or even hours a day. Just this uh, focus on being present and aware allows you to have these moments where you experience beingness in the midst of chaos. Very true. 
very true. And that's a very important point because most of us, you know, that's why, you know, when I titled the book Just Be, I, I really was very intentional. If somebody just reads that, I wanted them to benefit and, and have that takeaway with them that regardless of where you're at in your journey, regardless of what your current life looks like, you can choose to just be right now. And when you do that, you are just diving deep straight into that core of beingness. And it's always there, it's always accessible. So if you're willing to let go of all the finite constructs, you can go very deep into just being. And the beautiful part is you get to choose because then we can go have fun and play our roles. And But then when it gets to be a bit overwhelming or the drama's too much, then you just be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And increasingly, we, we will find that even when we come back into this world, so to speak, we bring that beingness more and more with us. So whatever was exciting and dramatic, that that's going to be different now. It's going to be... You know, it's going to be infused with being. Well, have, so, so let's talk about relationships. You talk about that in your book and you speak about the octaves of love, the nature of pure love. Bring beingness into relationships for us, Suresh. Yes. So that's a, that's a great point right there. You know, re, what, how does that impact relationships, beingness? Uh, so all of us have felt love and we've read about it. We've seen it in movies and we have a concept that we feel is pretty good you know we feel yeah i know what love is um and i've tasted it and i'd like to taste more of it but i i know what what love is and what i found even in my own experiences as i got deeper and deeper into this pure beingness my definition of love kept changing dramatically it's so dramatic that it, it's almost you know not recognizable uh, it can it can change that much. That's why I, I call it the octaves of love, just like the octaves of music. You you have many 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 higher and higher frequencies of love. So we always want to be nudging ourselves and going towards higher frequencies of love, without getting too fixated. So for the average person, I would say what they think of love is usually interpersonal love it's interpersonal love is you know here's one person one finite being and here's another finite being and there's something about this other finite being that is very interesting attractive compelling uh, that we are drawn to them and we want to be with them and so that's interpersonal love and in some ways i you know i joke about it we confuse uh, liking somebody with with loving somebody uh, that that liking is simply an uh, uh, attractive force, which is simply liking. Loving is something completely different in some very fundamental ways. Um, specifically, loving is more about uh, who they truly are. So when you see who you truly are and when how you know who they truly are, this essence to essence type of connection. Mm is more love-based because it does not hinge on any attributes. It's not like this person has this kind of personality. That's why I love them. It's more about who they truly are. So yeah, I, I, I see you. I see yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. That's a very deep statement, you know, to say, I see you. It's like, okay, so we are acknowledging each other as essence, and we are connecting as essence. Instantly, it's very deep. It's very and deep. that essence in me and that essence in you is the same. Yes, exactly. So no roles, no story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the storyline typically hinges on finite attributes, uh, you know, qualities of being, and this person looks like this, speaks like this, or has this kind of qualification. Th these are all finite attributes. But when you connect as essence, what happens is you go from interpersonal love to transpersonal love, where it's no longer clear where I end and you begin. It's, it's becoming fuzzy. <laughs> the edges are becoming fuzzy. So you can see there's a, a closeness, uh, which is taking us beyond our separation into this transpersonal space. And when that further develops, another quantum shift is to pure love, which is universal. You know, that is just amazing because it's gotten so wide and so unconditioned that anybody who steps into that space is offered that pure love. So there's no requirement, so to speak, before this love is offered. It's just being radiated out. That becomes pure love and universal love and unconditional love. And of course, this, this is, uh, you, in this process, you have dissolved from being a finite being to something, you know, vast, boundless, unconditioned, uh, beyond time, beyond space. So it's, it's, it's really, you've become infinity at that point. Did you say you've dissolved? That's what I heard. And is that yeah, what you said? You've dissolved. Yeah, yeah. you've dissolved yeah. into that. That's the perfect exactly. word, because that's what you're, you're doing. It's like... Melting away those layers of story. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And the thing about this love, and, and I know you talk about this too, you know, this is not applicable only to another person who you're living with or a coworker or a colleague or a friend. This even applies to people who ha are no longer on this finite dimension. They've passed on. Yep. And... As, as your listeners know well, you know, we, we are able to connect with them, we're able to interact with them, and I feel this is the important point I want to make, which is there too, we can choose to take the love to higher and higher octaves. So, yes, we connect with them, we cherish the moments we've spent with them, the special memories we have, fantastic but we do not want to limit it to that. We want to now say, well, let's look at taking it even higher, you know, where we are going to connect as infinite beings. And it just so happens that one person is still in a physical body. And this to me actually is a tremendous gift to the person who has passed on because it is the gift of pure love which gives them the ability to expand and further grow in their journey rather than pulling them back to the finite realm that they remember and they love it, but there's no need to restrict or limit them. We can use that connection 
to help them get to even closer to their essence in their journey to infinity. And and so you're talking exactly about what mediums teach, how we, we have to raise our vibration to meet our loved ones who have passed. And the way we do that is by turning up the love. And how what does that look like? You're talking about dissolving the layers to find your essence. Yes. And, and, you know, as the connection materializes, right, we feel this concrete connection. We feel, oh, awesome. I'm, I'm back in touch with this, you know, dear person. And I think at that point, it's almost tempting to take it back to the more finite aspects. And we, I think we want to um, take it closer to the essence and the infinite aspects of our being. So what would that, that look way, like think, if someone were trying to connect with their own loved one and take it higher instead of pulling it back to the storyline? Right, right. So I think, um, so once we've had some initial context, which which can be, you know, certain, you know, certain uh, foreign memories are exchanged and things like that, fantastic. Now we have a great connection going and then we say, okay, let's shift gears. I see who you truly are. You were my brother, or you were my so-and-so, but I see you now as more than that. I see you as way more than that, and I acknowledge that, and I would want to offer you my love in that context, not just as a brother or a father or a whatever, but as that infinite being, I, I want to offer you my love. And I want to encourage you to explore the depths of your being. And I offer you my goodwill. I offer you my support. And let it take you wherever you want to go. I set you free. You don't have to keep coming back and checking in with me. I set you free to explore the infinity of who you are. And I feel a lot of my listeners right now going, oh, but I don't want to set them free. I need them here. And there's (laughs) nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You can explore together, don't you think? Yes. Yes. I think when we we often want to maintain that closeness and connection, and we might think of it as either or, but really we can set them free and we can still be in touch. You know, yeah. it can be, it can be still, there is a beautiful thread of love connecting us, but let it be a thread of pure love rather than a more limiting form of love. Beautiful. Wow. You you describe in your book just be this big picture of creation in infinity, and there are fields of light, and you talk about various planes, various dimensions. It's hard to put that in a box, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the, I think some of the, you know, I know the conversations you have daily, it it's, gives a quantum shift for the person here their eyes are open to something much bigger. And that bigger thing is actually so big that it's mind-boggling. So oftentimes we are fixated on the aspect of the non-physical, which is very close to Earth, so to speak, very close to this finite physical reality. Mm-hmm. And that is actually just the beginnings of the yeah. non-physical reality, right? And so uh, in, in you know, the fields of light, I talk about how if you just keep going, what happens? There's subtler and subtler and subtler 
planes of energy, higher and higher dimensions. This goes on and on. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. And, and as you keep going further, you encounter these amazing, uh, endless fields of light, which is very high-frequency vibration. So even though I call it light, it's not, you know, this light that we ordinarily see uh, from a physical, um, like a bulb or something. Mm -hmm. This is non-physical light. And yet you may perceive it in your inner being as light. So that's why light is very appropriate. And boy, that is, that's, <laughs> that's where the fun is. So I feel like just knowing that encourages us to say, hey, I don't want to uh, stop just at just one of the, you know, early on the uh, planes you encounter as you get into the non-physical. I would encourage everyone to go, keep going deeper, keep going deeper, keep going further, because uh, there's a lot, and it's spectacular. It's spectacular. And what's cool, though, is once you've tasted these different levels, there we always have a choice, and we can be very human and and have fun in this reality, yet know there's something more. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think uh, it's a great point. You know, it's, it's it's so we may have gotten so comfortable with this finite reality. We may feel a little tentative and uncomfortable with super high vibration. But these are all encompassing. So they they typically every level up, it's like it includes everything. Everything. The nested dolls. So, it's like yeah. Yeah. Out yeah. into infinity. We have just less okay. than a minute to go. Is there one thing you'd like to leave us all with? One thing you want everybody to know? Uh, I would say, regardless of what you think in terms of beingness, infinity, the essence of who you are, some of these things uh, might be new. Some of these things might appear to you like, oh boy, I've got a long way to go. I would encourage you to think differently. These are baked into you. These are mm. built into you so that they are as close to you as you can ever imagine. They are so close to you. They are, it's, it's who you really are. So it's already here. To, yeah, it's, it's already here. I just need to let go into that. And there it is. Beautiful. So always remember well, that. Well, Suresh, always thank you that. so much. It's just been a pleasure talking with you. And I encourage everybody to check out justbebook.org. Thank you, Suresh. Thank you, Suzanne. It's been a delight. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. 
Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.